Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of God our Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. My dear Christian family, it is the way of our world and the way of our sinful nature to take what is good and to make it into something bad, to take something that God has given to us as a blessing, to use it and abuse it and turn it into a curse. Think of how God gives us jobs to provide for our family, and then we work such long hours providing for our family, that job takes us away from the family that we're providing for. God gives us the gift of sex, but we abuse it. We make a mockery out of it. And today, our young people are confused by it. God gives us the gift of marriage, but the definition of marriage has been changed from one man and one woman for a a lifetime, changed about a decade ago for allowing for homosexual marriage. But before that, in 1969, it changed when Governor Reagan changed it with no-fault divorce. But it had been changed before that as well. This is especially seen in the American family. Our culture calls a man and a woman a curse. But God calls the man, the woman, and the children inside of a family a blessing. Think of how before they can do anything to go out with their friends, they tell their friends, I got to go check with the boss at home first. Or women are the same way. That in talking with their friends, they'll often describe their husbands as immature children. And these ideas get played out in our culture. Look at how husbands and fathers are portrayed in TV and movies as being bumbling idiots. Or as wives and mothers are always portrayed as having it all together. Popular TV shows and movies always have women kicking the butts of men. Black Widow, Wonder Woman, Game of Thrones, and you get the idea. We watch them, we laugh at them, we enjoy them, and eventually we accept them. But we don't realize the harm that they are doing in our views of men and women. Or think of the way that our culture will view marriage on the opposite end of the spectrum, that it will portray marriage as having a fairy tale ending. The guy is searching for a beautiful princess, and the woman is looking for Prince Charming. Well, these sound like really good things, and yet think of the end result, because what happens if the marriage doesn't have a fairy tale ending? What if she finds someone who is more charming than Prince Charming. Or he finds someone who is more beautiful at work than the beautiful princess that he had married. What if that soulmate is really out there? Is there someone else who is more romantic? Is there someone else who is more supportive? So whether it is the definition of husband and wife being destroyed in our culture, or whether it is marriage portrayed as a fairy tale ending, the result is the same. God's gift of marriage is turned into a curse. 
St. Mark tells us in our gospel lesson that some Pharisees came to Jesus to test him. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And then the Pharisees go to Moses for justification for divorce. Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. Although Moses was regulating marriage and remarriage, not permitting divorce. They went to Moses, but Jesus goes to the beginning. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Jesus trumps Moses with Moses. Deuteronomy with Genesis. And accommodating loophole with the gift. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So from the very beginning, God designed marriage to be one man and one woman for a lifetime until death parts them. The only reason that Moses permitted divorce by giving Israel this law was so that divorce would not run rampant. It was to protect marriage, not destroy it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to have the same kind of aha moment that Adam had when he first laid eyes on Eve. That God gave Adam the job of naming all of the animals and as he was carrying out that task, he noticed that each of the animals had a mate, but he was without one until God made a mate for him, specially created for him. Years ago, there was a book entitled Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And though it may often seem that way, the reality is that men are from Adam, who's from the mud, and women are from Eve, who are from Adam's side. So that when Adam woke up from his deep sleep, he saw a near perfect reflection of himself in his wife. She is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He cries out in complete joy at last. Someone made specially for him. Man, this is the way that you want to be viewing your wife, just like you did when you were standing in the front of the church and you laid eyes on your bride-to-be in the back of the church in her beautiful white wedding gown. And women, this is the way you are to be when you see your husbands every day. The same way that you were standing in the back of the church and you saw your husband standing in his suit or tuxedo in the front of the church. That's the way God intends all of the days of marriage to be. One flesh alludes, of course, to the mystery and magic of the sexual union inside of marriage. But I think it also can refer to the significance of marriage in an emotional way. After years of happy marriage, couples will begin to think alike. They grow in mutual dependence. They bask in the completeness of each other that single people just do not enjoy. Me becomes we. Mine becomes ours. 
Perhaps you know older people. Maybe you are these older people who can finish each other's sentences. You know what each other is thinking. That as you're raising your children, your children could not play one of you against the other when it came to discipline because you were like-minded. When one of you spoke, you spoke for the other. That you are ones who dance divinely. You find joy in serving each other. Perhaps you know widows or widowers. Or maybe you are this widow or widower that now it feels like half of you is gone. You know the joy of that one flesh. This is God's gift of marriage. And one of the blessings of marriage are the children that come from that one union. This is a way that God allows men and women to bring forth the miracle of life. But again, our culture views marriage and the production of children inside of that marriage as a curse, as a burden. And it's easy to see how children can be a burden. There's always studies out there of how expensive it is to raise children, how much time it takes, that the most helpless Creature in our world is a baby infant. And it takes about 20 years of time and effort and money to raise that child before he or she is ready to move on on their own. And today, children are not just looked on as a nuisance, like the disciples in wanting to shoo them away, but children are looked upon as a curse, something that we want to kill. If you've paid attention the last few months, you've seen about how people are so upset about Texas abortion bill, their heartbeat bill. Even a week or two ago in Congress, as people were complaining about having, they want more time to be able to kill life in the womb. This is another example of our culture perverting what is good and calling evil a right. But marriage and children and family are not the curse that our culture makes them out to be. They are gifts from God, blessings to be cherished. Yes, they are work. And unfortunately, most of the struggle and strife that we endure in life comes from inside of the home. And yet it is inside of the home where God allows us to give and receive love, grace, and forgiveness to one another. So friends, if your, if your family seems more of a curse than a blessing, then you need to come to God with your brokenness. That you tell God on bended knee and bowed head, I'm sorry, I broke it. That you give that brokenness and lay it before the throne of God. You take your brokenness and you nail it to Christ's cross. Take that brokenness and bury it in Christ's open tomb. That you wash away that brokenness in your baptismal waters. That you come forward to receive Christ's body and blood today and every Sunday so that you receive the power of living a new life of forgiveness to be able to live with your family that you take this, this blessing of uh, forgiveness and you give it over to God, that you receive 
the absolution in the beginning of worship. You go home with God's blessing on your head, just like Jesus gave the blessing upon the children's heads. As Jesus gave himself for all, the married, the single, the divorced, the remarried, the widows and widowers, the children. Think of how in mercy Jesus came to a Samaritan woman who had been married to five men and now was living with a sixth man who was not her husband. Or consider how Jesus absolved a woman who had been caught in adultery. He sent her away with forgiveness, telling her to go and sin no more. Jesus' body was broken and bleeding on the cross for all of our broken homes. That he was abandoned, forsaken, divorced from his heavenly father for our divorces. He became an adulterer so that we might receive his righteousness. Now marriage, it cannot save us. We do not receive forgiveness inside of marriage. Marriage is not a means of grace, nor is marriage eternal. And yet there is one marriage that is eternal. One marriage that is a means of grace. One marriage where we do receive forgiveness of sins, and that is our marriage to Jesus Christ. Scripture portrays again and again that Jesus is our perfect bridegroom, and you and I are his imperfect bride. That you share in this communion with Christ in the body and blood of the sacrament. Not in a sexual way, but in a sacramental way. As you are connected with Christ vertically, and you are also connected with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Those who make up the holy Christian church, the rest of the bride of Christ in a horizontal way. Death will part you as husband and wife. Death will or has already parted you from family members. But death will never part you from your bridegroom, Jesus Christ. As ugly, cheating, and bitter spouses as we may be to Christ, still he gave himself up for you, making you holy, cleansing you by the washing with water through the word to present you to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. A diving accident had left Joni Erickson paralyzed. But she would not allow that handicap to keep her from marrying Ken. But that handicap almost kept her from enjoying her wedding day. Because here Joni found herself in the back of the church on her wedding day. And she looked down at her beautiful white wedding dress. And saw a big, black, ugly grease mark from her wheelchair. She noticed that her bouquet of flowers had slipped to her side on her lap. Because her hands were paralyzed, she couldn't move them back. She felt far from the picture-perfect bride. But she writes that as she looked down the aisle and she saw her groom, she says, grease stains, flowers out of place, who cares? The love in Ken's eyes wash it all away. Everything changes when you look at your groom. So friends, when you are struggling with your marriage, when you're arguing with your teenagers, when your house is a mess and dinner isn't done yet and you still have homework to do, who cares? 
Really, who cares? Just look at your groom in the eyes and look at him looking back at you with love in his eyes. Look at him reaching out his hands to you and there you see the marks of his love in those hands. The world may consider marriage, children, and family a curse, but God has given them to you as a blessing. So today and every day, Thank God for his forgiveness. Thank God for his love. Thank God for him giving you the gift of your family. And thank him for being a part of that family. Your family is not a curse. Your family is a blessing, a blessing for giving and receiving Christ's divine love to one another. Amen. Please rise. May the Lord our God be with us just as, it, as he was with our fathers. May he never leave us nor abandon us. May he turn our hearts to him to walk in all of his ways. Amen.